Hey, Steeler Nation. Welcome back to another episode of State of the Steelers. I'm the Steel Curtain Network's Daniel J. Coming at you on this Saturday afternoon. Man, it's it's almost time, ain't it? You know, we're on the cusp of um, tampering period on free agency about to happen. A lot of things will be breaking as far as news go. A lot of players will be in new places. It's an exciting time. I'm excited to see who the Pittsburgh, what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be doing in the next couple of uh, days and weeks to come. But with that being said, as we're entering this area, uh, today's episode is on the five moves that the Pittsburgh Steelers must make this offseason. And uh, <clears throat> and then in the second half, we're going to be talking about, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers making headlines. And this week's episode uh, is all about Kenny Pickett. And so you don't want to miss it. But first, let's talk about these five moves the Pittsburgh Steelers need to make this offseason. The first one, obviously, in my opinion, is uh, the Steelers need to, you know, cut and release uh, William Jackson III. He's going to be, you know, costing the Pittsburgh Steelers somewhere around over $12 million and that they can save if they cut him. <clears throat> and by all means, by the time that this recording is out, he may already be cut. So it's been rumors and speculation that that was going to be happening earlier this offseason. Hasn't happened as of this recording, but it's one that I highly, highly expect to happen. And for right reasons, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they took a chance. They spent, you know, what cost them $3 million in the end, um, or just shy of $3 million in the end. And they, uh, I think it's like a seventh round pick uh, in like next season's draft. So, um, it wasn't a big gamble, but, you know, having an extra $3 million in the bank right now would be nice. Just saying, just saying. So the first thing is to do is to cut William Jackson third. Thank you for, you know, practicing a couple of times and then, uh, you know, getting yourself healthy. If, you know, that ended up being what you did was get yourself healthy. Uh, the next move, in my opinion, that the Pittsburgh Steelers need to make is they need to figure out this backup quarterback situation. You have Mitch Trubisky, who is coming back. He's under contract. Uh, I guess everybody's expecting him to be the backup quarterback. However, you know, he was, you know, the, the biggest commodity last offseason as far as the uh, uh, quarterbacks go in free agency. You know, there's a lot of um, speculation that the Steelers' off uh, offense was hampered or uh, didn't do too well due to the fact that they didn't have the greatest offensive coordinator calling plays. And so maybe perhaps a couple of teams would give him the benefit of the doubt of being in a new, maybe Saturday-ish offense. And maybe would possibly think they give him an opportunity to get a, a job contending somewhere else. Uh, you know, I think that that's what he would want to be. I think that where he would want to do, I think the ultimate goal for any competitor at this level is not to be a backup quarterback. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of folks that are out there that, you know, spin the narrative that, oh, you know, the backup quarterback has the best job, gets paid all this money, doesn't have to do anything, sits the bench, ride the bench. But the thing is, these are highly competitive, you know, high performance athletes that, you know, made it to the NFL, not by sitting on a bench, right? Majority of these players were stars at certain points of their career. 
and including all the way up into college. You know, I don't think you get drafted into the NFL or become an NFL player, even if you sat on the bench, if you weren't a star in high school and, and at the collegiate level. And so with that being said, this, you know, with Mr. Trubisky, I would assume that he would want to, you know, go out there and and, and see if he can tr- get that opportunity to be a starter somewhere. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him. You know, he's already come out and stated that, you know, he kind of regretted signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers right away, that he would have wait, wished he would have waited a little bit longer, see what his options were, so to speak, before, you know, making the commitment to come to Pittsburgh. You know, and I get it. Um, you know, you also have, you know, Mason Rudolph, who has, you know, been with the team for the last five seasons. Uh, he's uh, testing out free agency, of course. He stated that he wouldn't be opposed to coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think, you know, the only way we see Mason Rudolph back in the black and gold is, you know, if the only option he has is is XFL and so outside of Pittsburgh. So, you know, I think that's the only way we see him coming back. I don't think that's going to work. Um, you know, is, is it an uncomfortable situation to have a completely unknown at the backup quarterback position? Maybe. I mean, I feel a lot more confident this season, you know, going into this season, if we, even if we were to lose – um, Mr. Trubisky and have an, uh, an unknown, relatively speaking, um, at that QB two position than I did last season, knowing that we had Mason Rudolph, who'd been here a couple of years, and you know uh, Haskins prior to his untimely passing, um, and then we went out there and got Mr. Trubisky. I, I feel way more confident now just because of the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers have somebody like Kenny Pickett who has flashed. You know, I'm not going to say he is the guy yet. I'm not going to say that he's a gold jacket guy or a franchise guy or, or or any of those things. I think it's a little bit premature, but I like what we saw in that second half of that uh, of the season last season, uh, this past season, and I think he's moving in that direction. He's on the right road, and we'll talk more about that on this in the second half. Uh, but you know, getting that QB two. Uh, situation fixed uh, is, is pretty important. Um, I think that when you hear the words that Trubisky is saying, maybe perhaps that might allude to you to believe that he's not going to be back. But then you hear uh, Mr. Rooney come back and say that he fully expects him to be back. You see him in Florida practicing with Kenny Pickett and the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, um, weapons that they have for the passing game out there practicing, you know, getting more comfortable, building camaraderie. It's uh, He's out there, so maybe perhaps he does come back for one more year. Uh, at about $10 million, my opinion is a little bit high. However, um, I don't think there's uh, anybody out there in the league that I would honestly prefer over Mitch Trubisky. I know that the uh, consensus amongst the fan base is bring back Dobbs. However, I think if you were to put um, talent and performance and 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 resume between Mitch Trubisky and Dobbs, I, I think Mitch Trubisky wins that wins that by by a bit. So it's not a bad thing to have him as a backup quarterback. But if that's going to be the case, then um, I just really wish that the Steelers could somehow restructure that deal. Maybe they give them some void years and they're able to use a little bit of that money and move it somewhere else. 
the next move that the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do, in my opinion, is they're going to have to figure out that inside linebacker position. And the first step is figuring out Miles Jack. Miles Jack is going to be costing the Pittsburgh Steelers about $14 million this season. Now, the Steelers cut him. They'll save around 11. It's it's a cap hit of, uh, of about three. So not only do you lose the player, but you also lose $3 million in the process. You'd have to replace him. So it's not so much that you would you know, be saving money. I've often stated that perhaps maybe the Steelers go after a Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe, you know, I, I, when I was looking at his draft uh, or his um, his market on the, on the Googleverse, uh, it stated that he was going to be probably around the eleven to twelve thousand dollars, twelve million dollars. I'm sorry, uh, range per year. You know, when you look at what you would be, you know, having to pay Miles Jack at fourteen, if you were to let Miles Jack go and you get a Tremaine Edmonds for maybe twelve or thirteen, you're paying, you're going to be paying quite a bit for that position. But at least you you have one in, in Tremaine Edmonds, who's 24, who's going to be around for a while. And maybe perhaps you, you can get lucky and get a little bit of a deal if the Steelers also sign or re-sign his brother, Terrell Edmonds. And, and perhaps maybe just, you know, for the want to be together and to play on the same team. Not many players can say that. I mean, uh, Unless you wear black and gold, it's very rare that you have two play, two brothers on the same team, right? You know, the Watts have been doing it for the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, two players, two possibly, uh, you know, pivotal players and with, with huge roles on the defense. You're talking starting strong safety, starting inside linebacker. It's uh, that that's that's unheard of. Um I'm sure it's happened before, but, you know, and, and my existence or my, you know, me watching football, it's, I don't remember it. And so um, I think it would be, it'd be not, it'd be good to have. And maybe perhaps because of that, maybe, maybe uh, Tremaine takes a little bit of a, uh, you know, team discount or for a family discount, so to speak, but that position needs to be filled. If, if the Steelers end up not going towards the Tremaine Edmonds and maybe perhaps want to stick it out with a Miles Jack, because let's face it, Miles Jack wasn't the healthiest last season. You know, he had some health issues, and, and a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well, maybe he's injury prone. I don't think so. I mean, perhaps maybe a little bit, but I think that the injuries that he had uh, account for like a lot of the injuries that the defense had last season was due to overuse, especially in the first half of the season, especially in the first quarter of the season, you know, under Mitch Trubisky being the quarterback, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense was not doing so well, you know, three and outs were constant with this team and time of possession was a nightmare in those first few games. The defense had to be out there for a significant amount of snaps. And that took a toll on the, on the players with fatigue and injury. T.J. Watt is one that everybody knows because of the superstar that he is. However, it did take its toll and effect on other players of the defense throughout the defense. And Miles Jack was one of them. So perhaps maybe the Steelers extend him, restructure him in some form or fashion so that he is not costing $14 million. 
you know, and I think that this team needs to, in my opinion, put more money into the defense. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of people listening or everybody hearing is like, oh, this is already the ex- most expensive defense. It doesn't matter. Uh, one side's going to be more than the other. You know, it just kind of depends on how you build your team. You know, right now, the reason why the defense is so highly paid is because the offense has its key components on rookie deals. Your left tackle, your quarterback, your running back, your tight end, your hopefully soon to be wide receiver number one, George Pickens. So majority of those players there are on rookie contracts. So you can that'll allow you to focus the money on elsewhere. And defense wins championship, y'all. Let's make that defense as strong as possible. Don't matter who you have as an offensive team if you can't put up points. So let's build it. And I think it starts with figuring out that middle linebacker position. I don't think Devin Devin Bush definitely isn't going to be coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers unless there's just no market for him. And and he comes back for like minimum. And even at that, I'm not even sure he would make the 53 on this team based on his performance. Uh last season he was he was hardly ever on the field at the uh at the end of the season. And so and for good reason, good reason, definitely for good reason. The next offseason move that the Steelers need to make, it comes to the draft. The Steelers need to focus on the trenches. You know, this has been the trenches have been a, you know, and this is on both sides, offense and defense. It's been avoided. It's been neglected when it comes to the draft for the last few years. Um, long are the days of, of Marquise Pouncey, uh, first round center, David Castro, first round guard and, and others that had that pedigree and had that, um, you know, that were the, the anchor of the offensive line. Now it's fourth, fifth rounders. Uh, James, uh, James Daniel is the, uh, Probably the exception there. I think he's the uh, probably the best offensive lineman that we have. Uh, however, I wouldn't put him in the anywhere near like better than good. I don't think he's great, and so I think he has the cap- capability, especially if you put the players around him. Like you got a somebody not named Cheeks next to him. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. I don't. Cheeks call for. It's okay. He's okay. But I definitely think that he's actually weaker than Dan Moore. Um, I think Dan Moore uh, shows a little bit more promise than Cheeks score for. But, you know, you're looking at maybe Dotson needing to be replaced just because of the fact that, you know, the Steelers have not made it a secret that they've looked for a re- not maybe not his replacement, but look for competition to take his position for the last couple of years. They haven't been too happy with him. And, um, you know, he he's a guy that is inconsistent at times. And so, you know, hopefully maybe another year under his belt, he'll, he'll start to become that player that we we thought we were getting, that, that aggressive guy that is 
not afraid to tell you where the play is going because there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? So draft the trenches um, and take care of, of um, you know, start building and stop neglecting that area. That's the heartbeat. That's the heart of the team, especially the offensive line. Your offense ain't going to do anything. You can have all these awesome players all around, all across the board, but if your offensive line can't block, it doesn't make a difference, right? And so the last move that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to make is it's going to have to be uh, to extend Alex Highsmith. You know, he had 14 sacks last season or over 14 sacks last season. Um, he's he's becoming that guy. You know, a lot of talk has been, you know, that, you know, Bud Dupree was released and he might be coming back to the to the Berg. And, and that's great if he does. Uh, I thought that, you know, Bud Dupree did best with T.J. Watt on the opposite side of him. Uh, those last couple of years that Bud was was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he did some good things. You know, he was on his way for uh, consecutive double-digit sacks when he blew out his knee. Uh, you know, he hasn't been the same, though. You know, the Steelers have kind of had maybe not the best experience when it comes to torn ACLs when you look at Devin Bush, Zach Banner. However... They seem to be okay with it when it came to George uh, George Bush, <laughs> George Washington, George Washington. Oh my God, George Pickens. Man, I'm here thinking about the presidents right now. I don't even know why. <laughs> we'll leave that in there too. Um, but yeah, when you look at George Pickens, he had a torn ACL, and so that didn't, that didn't prevent the Steelers from drafting him. And for good, and by all means, it looks like a good a good decision. But if anybody knows what a bad ACL would look like, I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so um, we'll see. They'll, they'll test him out. They'll check him out. And if he uh, passes and, is, and if the money matches, then maybe perhaps we'll see Bud back in the bird. But regardless, I don't think that has anything to do with the um, bringing back um, or restru- um, extending, I'm sorry, Alex Highsmith. Uh, I think that's a, an important move. I think you want to keep that pair of of, of Highsmith and and TJ Watt for, for years to come on this defense. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, I think he's already showing that. But don't go anywhere. Those are my five moves. When we come back after these uh, words from our sponsors, we're going to be talking about the Steelers and the you know making headlines, and we're talking about Kenny Pickett. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. See you. Coming out with it and making something new. While I'm awake, like a bird in the night, waiting for the sun. Fast as it can, they travel away in cars. Hey, look at that. You made it to the other side. Welcome back to another episode or the second half of this episode of State of the Steelers. Uh, where we're talking about Steelers making headlines, right? Before we get into it, I want to remind you guys, go check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. We're still putting out articles there daily. Uh, Don't miss it. There's every single day, there's multiple articles. And where you're listening to this podcast, make sure you catch all the other podcasts that are coming out uh, from Steel Curtain Network. Uh, which might still be showing up at behind the steel curtain, depending on 
you know, which platform you're using right now. Don't worry about it. It's uh, you can got to do anything when it changes. It's just the name change. Uh, but go listen to the other podcasts that are out there. Very informative. You get caught up on on stats from Dave Schofield on Scat Geek. You get caught up on, on a lot of Steelers news from Jeff Hartman and his uh, Let's Ride that airs three times a week. Uh, you also get you get a good laugh with what Yin's talking about and so much more, so much more. Don't forget bad language with uh, Brian Anthony Davis. Go check them all out. Check them all out after you listen to this one. But like I told you guys in the first half, the second half was going to be Steelers making headlines and it was going to be the Kenny Pickett show. And that's what it is. You know, this past week, <clears throat> Kenny Pickett's been in the news, so to speak, uh, been making headlines on uh, or been brought up on TV shows. And, you know, his stats have gone some a certain stat has gone viral on Twitter. So the first thing is, is. Well, when the news broke earlier this week that Lamar Jackson was possibly going to be on the move, potentially is on the move. Who knows? He's got the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback was brought up in a conversation on a Fox Sports program uh, called First Things First. You know, the show features Nick Wright, Chris Brossard and Kevin Wilds. <clears throat> and so they found themselves... In the middle of this debate, when the debate on there was who is going to be in the running for Lamar Jackson. And um, I believe it was Brossard who stated, I've talked about Jets. You mentioned Detroit. I mean, what team shouldn't? Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Right. Which was surprising to bring up the Steelers being a team that would be interested in the uh Lamar Jackson, you know, acquisition uh, that's or, or bid that's about to be happening or that is currently happening. Wright interjected by saying Pittsburgh's not doing it, but not because, you know, um, just not not to like say they're not going to do it because, you know, Pickett's the future, Pickett's this. He goes back to say is they're not doing it. Because they like him. You know, he says they like Pickett. I don't know why he has tiny hands. Kind of a little bit of a low blow there, but it, it is what it is. Broussard says, I like him too, but not like Lamar Jackson. And so, you know, one, I, I don't I wouldn't want Lamar Jackson. The guy can't stay healthy a full season. Um, he's not the best thrower of the ball. Yeah, he had a uh, an MVP at one point in his career, but, uh, didn't, um, didn't RG three have like an MVP or rookie of the year or something like that. Uh, that's, it don't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you, it's not about what you do just once. It's about consistently doing it. Right. Now, granted, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's done some, some things in the regular season, against other opponents that are not named the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, with his legs and his threat of his legs has gotten some guys open with his arm. And they've won a handful, you know, majority of his games that he played, right? I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, it, it's winning in an unconventional way to the point where if you 
can it, it, it forces the Ravens to be a one man team and, and Lamar Jackson. And uh, this is pro football. I mean, granted, yeah, he's fast and he's going to get away from people, but the Steelers have found a way to contain him. And I think the other teams in the NFL have um, kind of piggybacked off of what the Steelers have done and what Brian Flores has done when he was, you know, the uh, head coach there of Miami Dolphins and what they did to Lamar Jackson. I, mean, I think he's not been figured out for the most part, but uh, for the most part, been figured out. <laughs> and so, um, I'm not surprised that Lamar Jackson's not getting a lot of um, attention. I know there's been a lot of conspiracy there that that think that this is the owners are colluding with each other so that they don't have to. Uh, they can reverse what happened with uh, Deshaun Watson. I see it. I get. I, I get that point, and it's possible. Uh, but it's also possible that they're they're seeing a, a quarterback that uses his legs a lot. That's getting older, and that ability to run is not going to be what it once was very soon, in my opinion. Who knows? Maybe he'll be an explosive runner for multiple years to come. But for me, I think that speed seems to be one of the things that goes as age happens. And so uh, my response to this and to all these guys that are talking smack about our quarterback is something else that was making some headlines there uh, this week on the Twitterverse. And it comes from Johnny Kingsley, who runs a Twitter account uh, that is known for a uh, segment or what is called uh, Deep Ball Project. Right? And they put out a chart. And if you guys want to see this chart, you can go to my uh, my Twitter. I retweeted it. You can see it there. Um, you can follow me at State of Steelers, and you'll be able to see this tweet. And I put it out, I think it was Thursday or so. But it is the 2022 to 2023 um, deep ball project is finally out. See how accurate your quarterback was throwing the ball down the field. And lo and behold, Kenny Pickett is number two when it comes to accuracy percentage. And so and this is uh, throwing the ball 21-plus air yards. Now, when you look at majority of these stats, uh, Kenny Pickett is not amongst the top. When you look at completions, he was uh, only 37.5% completion. Um, you know, just to, for an example, one of the top guys, the, the top guy was uh, Gino, Gino Smith with 48.15% completion. Yeah, Tua with 46. He had Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes with 40. Matt Ryan with 40. So you had, you know, several, several quarterbacks that had a higher completion, right? But when you look at accuracy, which is uh, completions per attempt that take away whether or not the ball was caught, it was, it was just determining whether a ball was accurate enough to be caught. Kenny Pickett was 23 of 40 for 57.5%. The only quarterback that was more accurate than Kenny Pickett was was Geno Smith, who was 33 of 52 at 63.46%. And so behind Kenny was Tua, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and so on. Um, but number two in this segment, or in this section, 
was Kenny Pickett, which was, I guess you can say a little bit surprising. I mean, one of the things that uh, the naysayers <laughs> will say is that he doesn't throw the ball down the field well. Uh, well, this will say that he's one of the more accurate quarterbacks throwing the ball down the field. I think it's, you know, might be a, a situation where he just needs to do it more often. And, I mean, you're looking at this, right? So there's 40 attempts on both sides. There's a difference of seven balls there that were uh, not completed that could have been. Seven drops. That's that's quite, that, that's quite a bit. I mean, when you look at what uh, Tua, Tua did, he had 21 completions and he had 24 that could have been um, caught. So there's only a three there that were dropped. Joe Burrow had had significant ones. He had 22 completions, 34 could have been caught according to this chart. And so, you know, seven maybe isn't that bad, but <laughs> The attempts are lower. I mean, the attempts are way lower. You're looking at Geno Smith had 52 attempts. Two is the only one that didn't have as many attempts. He was at 43. But you're looking at Joe Burrow at 61, 65 for Hertz, Patrick Mahomes at 59, 83 for Josh Allen. And so the attempts is, you know, where it's at. If the Steelers can, you know, draw down some more down-the-field uh, passes, I think that the Steelers are going to be successful in that moment, especially with with Kenny Pickett at the helm. I think his accuracy is there. Uh, I, that's one of the things that I've been extremely you know, impressed with his game is how accurate of a quarterback he is and his decision-making. I'm looking really forward to this next season, uh, especially now that, you know, right now this team, like I said in the first half of this uh, show, was uh, right now this team is – building together, they're working, they're building that camaraderie. They're, uh, you know, going out there, having passing sessions, building that chemistry. You know, Kenny Pickett this time last year was preparing for the draft, didn't know who he was going to go to. So not only does he have this time, but he also has the time uh, during the next few months to knowing he is the number one guy. Remember, he was number three going into training camp. So, um I'm so excited about this season. I think I think this is going to be a uh, a prove it year for the Steelers. They're going to put they're going to put the NFL and the world on notice. And I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm super excited. I think there's going to be some good things for the Steelers, and you guys should be excited too. Uh, next week when we talk again, um, well, one you might hear me a little bit earlier uh, on the Hangover. And then you might, uh, then you'll be hearing me on Saturday. By the time you hear me on Saturday for the next episode for State of the Steelers, we'll have a lot more to talk about as far as what's going on with free agency. See you next week, y'all. Peace out.